Hello and welcome to the Over 50 Health and Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin English, founder of The Silver Edge. Our mission at The Silver Edge is to inspire men and women in their 50s, 60s, and 70s and beyond to live their strongest, healthiest, most fulfilling lives. In this podcast, we share stories of amazing individuals who are doing just that to help motivate you to become the healthiest version of yourself, regardless of your age. And now, on to today's podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Over 50 Health and Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin English, and on today's show, my guest is Lawrence Mitchell. Lawrence is a 66-year-old fitness and wellness enthusiast who thrives on keeping fit through natural movement parkour, and particularly freestyle tree climbing. Lawrence, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, it's great to have you. So um, I found you on Instagram, found your story to be fascinating, and certainly want to talk to you a lot about your parkour and tree climbing and other endeavors, but maybe we back up a little bit first and tell us about your, your childhood. Were you active as a child? Did you play sports? I, I did play. I, well, actually, I was, uh, I, I didn't find out until later on in life at the age of 49 that I was autistic or, uh, uh, on the autism spectrum <clears throat> with Asperger's and ADHD. So, I wasn't like the normal kid who was interested in um, <coughs> uh, football, which is a pro- or, or rugby, outdoor fitness. And uh, in fact, when I was at like your equivalent of high school, I did yoga rather than. Uh, but I did like athletics. I liked jumping and, and that that sort of stuff, and I liked swimming. And that that's primarily it. And of course, during my twenties. Um, I started taking up uh, cycling, and I was doing quite a lot of cycling, uh, and, and that became basically. Well, and then also going along to the gym, occasionally having a personal trainer, but for the most part on my own. And I think one of the problems on my own, I was always, and this basically went on in life. I was always hurting myself, always thinking, "Oh, my ego was getting the better of me." Let's see how much I can lift up. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, right. and the lower part of the back was saying, hey, Lawrence, you really want pain? I'm going to give you suffering. <laughs> and that happens yeah, often. I think a lot of folks can probably relate to that. Um, certainly um, folks that have done a lot of repetitive exercise, running, etc. Certainly ego in, in the gym can remind us that, uh, you know, there's, we should be cautious. Um, we need to pace ourselves. And there's something to be said about uh, a, a good coach or trainer. I think pacing oneself is so vitally important, especially when you get older, but you also have to start young. It's all about consistency. And it's all right. about, as, as I mentioned to you just before, things get in the way in, in, in one's life. And in, in my, my car, car, when I was in my 30s, I had a very bad accident at home. I had what's called a hemothorax. I smashed up my back. Lost a lot of butt blood, fell very, very badly, but from a, um, not from a particularly high, great, great height. And, um, and then I, I've had other things like when I was, um, 60 years, no, it was 60, probably about 57, I had, uh, 
acute kidney failure, but I've been able to overcome that. I've never been on a dialysis machine. So there has been stuff in my life which has got in the way of me doing things, and it's very, very uncomfortable. And autism has also got in the way of my life. And I think why I really got onto my fitness journey, I wanted to show people that you can become successful. Uh, and I have my main motto is to never give up. In some respects, never back down unless it's, of course, of course you've got to back down. You can't keep on going at the same rate. Otherwise, you're going to burn yourself out. But in, in general, if you take on a task, a project, you focus on it. Become very aware in what you're doing, just like my tree climbing. And, and I just want to show that age is just a number. And I think I got quite interested. I went along to a fitness event, and, and again, this was a couple of years ago, and they recorded my metabolic age as being 46. So that sort of told me something. And I think the biggest challenge, which a lot of people don't understand, and they, and yes, it's wonderful to see all these guys on, on the TV, and they're doing parkour, and they're jumping around buildings, off buildings, and what have you, and some of it's seriously dangerous, and they're showing that when you're much younger, you've got your life ahead of you, you don't think about danger so much, you're, you've got all this flexibility, dexterity, agility, you know, you can take risks, you don't think about, uh, but I can remember, I think it was in my teens, where I did actually fall off a tree, which, and I was quite high up, but I seemed to walk away without a problem. Yeah, I think um, certainly one of the things about being younger, in addition to those, you know, the agility and the the bravado, certainly we don't recover as well later in our life as we do when we're in our twenties. So we have to take that into into account as we're we're doing and, these and events as well. The, the main thing, it's all very very where you see, as I say, fitness. You see people having six packs. I thought, no, let's go and get have a six pack. And it reminds me one day when I decided I was doing gymnastics. But, or a younger guy doing the splits. I thought, oh, yes, yes, I'm going to do the splits. Two years later, I still wasn't very far off from where I'd started. Yes, if I'd really focused on doing lots of lunges and stuff like that. And then what happened, actually, uh, I got on my right knee with Baker's sister, and it really got in the, in the way. And suddenly, when you're older, it's like I used to be able to kneel and put my head back onto the ground. I can't do mm. that anymore. I wouldn't mm -hmm. even begin to try. I've got to be very careful um, with squats and stuff like stuff like that. But again, it's all it's about being aware of your own body. But going back to when you're younger, the, I think the main problem that people are going to have, the main challenge in life, and I like to use the word challenge. A life coach told me, don't think about problems or obstacles. Think about challenges because challenges become can be overcome. Whatever you're doing, people families, they socialize, they go out to dinner, whatever, they eat too much, or they eat too much of the wrong foods, and it suddenly becomes a habit that they suddenly build up big bellies. You know, a couple of years ago, I had a much bigger belly than I have now. You know, I haven't lost, uh, like, 30 pounds in um, six months. It's taken me a couple of years, although I would say I'd probably lost a good 16 pounds in the last eight months, when you're older, losing that weight, it's not about losing the weight. You've got, to, if you want to lose weight, you have to have a, why do you want to lose weight? What do you want to lose? Do you want to lose fat? Do you want to put a muscle? And then 
I mean, I use my fitness pal, not really interesting, but I track it when I want to track it to see what I'm doing. And that helps me adjust how many calories I should be eating. But I don't weigh every single ingredient. I, I just work out r- roughly. I'm not that manic. <laughs> Yeah. And I I think that's so critical. A lot of, especially overweight people in our age bracket will talk about losing weight, but what you said really resonates. Um, Really what we want to do is lose body fat and build lean muscle mass, right? It's not just the scale, it's that body composition and certainly what we eat, how we eat uh, has a lot to do with that as well as obviously moving our bodies. That's right. You know, you know, one of my favourites, which is pretty, which I actually got from America, is having a like what you call a peanut butter and jelly, uh, like having a sandwich. And the trouble with me, I, I mean, even today, even without the bread, I can e- easily eat four ounces of peanut butter. Yeah, it turns out a serving of, of table uh, a tablespoon or two tablespoons of peanut butter is not very much peanut butter. <laughs> Indeed. So, and now, just you talked a little bit about my fitness pal and 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 tracking and but not being obsessed with it. Do you follow a specific diet or what? What kinds of foods are you, you know, or are you not eating? Well, I'm a rather unusual vegan um, because my grandmother used to make chopped liver, and I love chopped liver. She also used to make chicken soup, and I love chicken soup. So while I'm a vegan, I still I'm not a devout vegan. I I will still go out and buy chopped liver, and I will still eat chicken soup. And while I now, like today, now in the real world, I'm mostly vegan. But I'll dip into a can of tuna from time to time. I have a tuna steak. That's about the only fish I eat. And I still, and I don't mind the odd chip, chopped liver. And I have a lot of um, chicken bone broth. I think I'd like to cut down my carbs a bit, but it's very very hard to sometimes um, um, be on a very low-carb diet and, um, and, and I'm not 100% certain whether I should be doing keto. But with my sensory system, one of the problems I have on, on every day, if I don't eat at a certain time, I feel it in my feet, I feel it in my palms, my hand. It's like a tingling sensation, but it's a pain. It's painful. It's discomforting. It's discur- You know, it's. I can't really describe it. I mean, I've got it slightly at the moment. Maybe I've eaten too much peanut butter, or maybe I've mm-hmm. had, or, or whatever, too much, whatever it might be. It's just telling me you've got to go and have something savory. Yeah. That, okay. So a couple of things there. It sounds like um, you're, you know, you had mentioned with your sensory system being sensitive. It sounds like you're you're in, in touch with your body, listening to it, what it needs from a nutritional standpoint, but also from a recovery standpoint. So when you wake up and you're and you're not feeling well, certainly that's not a day to to push it. And I think particular particularly for folks as they get older. Yes, I, I agree. I mean, I've still been doing some stretching. Don't get, don't make wrong. I don't feel anywhere near. I don't have a cough. This is one of the great things. I had this major uh, tooth extraction on March the the fourth, and I'm glad I've recovered. It was very, very painful. I never really had gone through so much pain in my life. Well, that, you know, well, I have, but that's a long time ago. But you know, the great thing what was getting rid of all this infection inside of my jaw. Uh, so my body can now focus on um, where it's necessary. 
Well, let's let's move along right. and talk a little bit about some of your some of your adventures. I, I really want to dig into some of your tree climbing because that's what I first found you on Instagram for, and I, I have a, a ton of questions about that. But before we go there, um, you seem to be a little bit of a maybe an adrenaline junkie. I, I see that you've got um, it's like you've done some bungee jumping. I think yeah. I saw a post where you're whitewater rafting in what might have been crocodile infested waters. Um, it was. Yeah. Talk it's to fact- us a little bit about. Um, about some of some of those adventures well and that that was very interesting it took me it took courage for me to actually um, do it because i ran into this couple um who told me about the white water raft and then there were crocodiles on the um uh on on the shore and there was one pretty big one when i when i saw but you were still probably about um like a good sort of 200 yards from from the shore it was quite a wide part of the river and none of the guides seemed to be that concerned that there were crocodiles or what however for four weeks before a woman had her leg bitten off she was rafting and she just happened happened to have a leg dangling over. it was on a canoe she just happened to have her leg dangling over and a crocodile took a bite oh my good grief yeah and i saw in that video that you posted um a few of your raft mates ended up in the water there, didn't they? Yes, but I also went in the water. I mean, I didn't end up in the water, but I jumped in the water because the guy said, come and just jump in the water. But there, I couldn't see any crocodiles around at that point, not to say there, there, there weren't any, but it was it was quite fast moving. And maybe crocodiles prefer just slow moving waters. I don't know. <laughs> uh, maybe, yeah. So obviously... You prefer, I mean, I see you have some posts where you're working out in a gym. It looks like maybe even with a trainer, although it looks like a lot of the time in the gym, you're more interested in climbing rafters and um, using the non-conventional parts of the gym as opposed to, say, the the weights. Absolutely. Um, so talk to us about your philosophy of movement and exercise, and then maybe we can segue into um, how that has manifest in your your, cle- your tree climbing obsession. When my, my tree climbing session um, sort of came came along at first by or, 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 almost by accident, but let me say parkour, which I'm starting to do, I'm going to be doing a lot more of. Uh, uh, so it's all about movement. It's all about keeping the body moving. Um, and I think, especially when you get older, it's so easy just to relax. And um, it, you know, I may have mentioned in the last video about a brother-in-law who. Um, had uh, had a mild stroke and he's overweight and stuff like that and he's been he's now been told to the doctors he's got to start doing some resistant exercises he's got to start exercise he's got a dog but he must just maybe run or just get his heart rate up do more and 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 he's um 70 years old and he's got you know and all that he's a vegan yeah, but it's a much of vegan diet. But when I've ever, ever been there, there must be a few thousand calories goes into a meal because there are so many sources and what have you. And he and so this stroke is probably a warning to him. And and I spoke to my sister and she said, "Well, he's changing his diet. He's got to change his diet, and he is going to do more exercise." And I think as we get older. You know, I, I think to myself, I so much wish I could be like my grandson, right? You know, you can always bend their le- their legs behind their heads and they have no problem in doing that. And as we get older, we become aware we, we are more stiff, 
right? You know, you try and raise your foot up to your head or be like a ballet dancer. One of the exercises I do, and I do this first thing in the morning, I stand there with my hands um, up, 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 up as high as I can towards the ceiling. And, I try, and all I'm trying to do is standing on one leg, lifting up and lift my heel off the ground. And, and it's, it's bad enough balancing, but I'd be interested to see you try it and see how long you can last. You probably only last a second or two. I can't do much more. But it just proves how difficult it is to do certain movements. And I think basically, if you if you if, if there's a great you know, expression, if you don't do it, you'll lose it. And, Definitely, yeah. And I think the whole point of moving: the more you can move, the more you'll keep on moving. Yeah, very well said. I, I absolutely agree with that and echo that sentiment. So, so let's no, tell the, us. Go ahead. Sorry. But there, there is a but. There's a big but. So I do some plyometrics jumping, but I'm aware I've got to be careful. I'm aware that I can quite easily hurt myself. When I say hurt myself, it's not more. It's not so much real hurting but if i'm sort of jumping i might jump up a few steps i might find i'll wake up the following morning my heel is really sore and i've just got to rest that heel for you know a few days i can't just go and do it two days later i've got to beware that i might be doing something harm to the inside of my foot so there is things like that to watch out for now getting back to the tree climbing at first, it was a little bit of an ego, a, a general junkie. I mean, you know, you might see my latest videos. And had I been wearing um, another shoes about three days ago, I would have gotten probably another six feet higher, which was the highest, safest point that I feel, which is about 50 feet off the ground. And uh, but it was when I was coming down, I sort of lost my track on the safest way down. And there's a couple of other trees that I've seen. And again, as I said with my tree climb, I get a feel of what tree is safe. But there's some trees where the brand, there's some fir trees, for instance, um, uh, and sometimes the branches are very close to the ground, and 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 I feel like climbing, but I don't like the feel of the branches. I don't like how the branches on them because the trunks of themselves are, are very thick. They could be six or eight feet in diameter. That means there's not anything I can hold on to. So when I'm climbing up a um, a trunk, and there and there and there, there might not be that many branches as well. I can sort of you know just about get my my uh, my legs uh, angles my my knees maybe there's a 30 inch trunk in diameter I feel I can get my legs have some grip onto the trunk but it, it, John you understand what I'm saying yeah I do so there's those bigger trunks not not so much, right? You're not going to wrap your arms or your legs around something with a, a I know great big diameter. Professional climbers will use some type of rope, some type of, uh, uh, and they put around the tree, and that's how they come up, and that's how they do the ones the um, in, in California, the you know, the, even sequoias or the redwoods. That's how. Yeah, they I think they wear up. cleats, cleats in the toes of their shoes as well. Yes. Yeah. So you know. It's, it's something I would like to do one day, but I think I, I want to have guidance. I wouldn't want to do it on my own. Uh, I, I, 
the trouble with me, I don't know until I try. Yeah, no, I, I certainly would advise going uh, maybe with a, a guide for the first time for something yeah. like that. Yeah. So tell us, how old were you when you started climbing trees? Did you climb? Have you always climbed trees? No, That's something you did no, as a kid? And No, I've only been doing it for the best part of a year. Okay. But of course, I did it so as a kid, but not, you know, right. it's a totally new thing. And what, what made you decide, were you just out for a walk one day and looked at a tree and said, you know, that, that looks like a, a tree that would be easily climbed? Absolutely. You got it. All right. And so I, obviously you have a lot of, um, a lot of great videos on your Instagram showing you climbing trees. How, how high do you typically climb or is that really not the point? Is it more, right. I, I know you do a lot of exercise with trees using I, it kind of as your gym equipment. That's more about it. Before it was about climbing a tree high. Now it's just using the trunk, lower branches, um, and you know, and I really enjoy it. The problem I've got, I've got a problem with my um, my left shoulder, which I may have mentioned. My left bicep and tricep is really giving me a lot of problems, so I have to be careful. So I'm a little bit upset when I sometimes when I'm hanging, um, I, I can't, I can't it's annoying it's very very frustrating and of course there's nothing i can do about it i mean i started yesterday lying on a foam roller hoping that might alleviate whatever's going on in that arm but you know we're in this we're all in the same boat together as far as this virus is concerned and if you have um something that's not life-threatening you have muscle ache or whatever you've just got to somehow work with it yourself you know yeah absolutely if you've got a wife or partner and they can help out too but that's about it you can't go anywhere medical now speaking of um you know looking out for injury and taking care of yourself what what sort of safety precautions do you use and what kind of apparel or shoes are, are best for this? I, I noticed you have some fantastic shoes and socks in, in some of your latter uh, tree climbing videos. I sometimes videos. use Vibram Five Fingers. Yep. And I first got to wear them out in Palm, in Palm Springs about 16 years ago before they even got to England. Okay, so you were early on on the, the Five yep. Finger craze. Yeah, yeah, indeed. And, and I, I think it's important to have a type. But I did actually climb, because I've done a little bit of indoor climbing, um, I have tried with my indoor climbing shoes, but they don't give the same type of grip. It, and I know a guy, uh, his name is Ben Me He's also on Instagram. It, um, uh, his name is Ben Meder, I think. And um, I'm just going to have a look. And he actually teaches uh, tree climbing in a place called Hampstead Heath, which is a large area in, in central London. And um, I'm just going to see if I can find his uh, Instagram. It's called Ben Meadow Movement Practice. It's, all about, it's worth you having a look. I okay, mean, yeah, I'll have to, I definitely want to look him up and, and take a look at his Instagram as well. That's very unique. It's but, but I went along to one of his sessions, which was a freebie um, uh, a couple of years ago, and um, I, I was chatting to him about uh, six months ago. But um, it, it's all about it's, uh, walking over low branches barefoot. I haven't tra tried yet any barefoot climbing, but I think now the warmer weather's here, I might try it. But um, 
as again, going back to the tree climbing, the types of trees I like to climb have very, very smooth trunks, smooth branches, especially uh, fir trees have a lot of protrusions and um, they have what's called mistletoes and, um, and they can easily go through your palm of your, foot, your hand or your, your foot. Yeah, I've learned the hard way in the US actually. Um, but, um, and the thing, what, what also really, um, talking about it being the adrenaline junkie, about 11 years ago, I was in a place called Idy Wild, which was near Palm Springs. It was about a mile up in the mountains, and I met these couple of guys at a great uh, restaurant. And one of them said, do you want to come tomorrow? A friend of mine is a chiropractor. We're going to do some rock climbing. You're welcome just to come along and have a look and be a spectator. So I did that. We were up about 8,000 feet, and um, there was a rock called Lily Rock. And um, I'd never rock climbed in my life before. And he basically tied a rope up 150 foot up, and he said, "Would you?" Like, came back down and said, would you like to have a go? And I said, absolutely. You know, I didn't have any protective equipment, didn't have any a helmet on my head or anything like that. And there was an overhang about 100 feet up where my my – my feet, my knees were above my head. <laughs> yeah, you know, I had to go completely upside down to get around it. And and if it's, I think, the, with the adrenaline inside of me, had they stuck it, gone right up to the top, a thousand feet, I'd have liked to have done that as well. Yeah, no, I I, I get that from from but, but, your posts. I, I I can I can certainly I can see that. But there's a big button. You've probably seen it from my posts, and I've got it on the back of my shirt. You can see me on a um. Actually, because you can't see me. I forgot. But um, so there's a picture of me climbing up this uh, car park, and that was done um in um, a place called Estonia. Um, uh, my my my. My partner's uh, son was getting married over there, and um, she, she filmed me climbing up this um, car park, and I climbed up to about thirty feet up, and I actually lost my bottle for going up further. A- anyway, we went out for what we were just getting on a cruise, and I decided, you know what, I, we've got a couple of hours before the cruise ship leaves. Um, I want to go back there. Will you do some more filming? She said, no, no, I'm not going to film you. If you want to go back there, you go back there on your own. And I went back there on my own. There was a radio mast there. It was like 400-foot radio mast, and there was nothing to stop me climbing onto the radio mast. And I really fancied climbing up, but the worry I had would be that I would be arrested. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's a legitimate worry. There's a tree not far away from where I live in this a small park but it's right close to the to the high street and i worry and i really would like to give it a go and this was a tree i was mentioning earlier is branches are relatively low down but i'm a little bit worried but it's about 150 feet high and they're really fancy kids to go but my other main worry is getting arrested especially now <laughs> right yeah well, you mentioned that only one out of a thousand trees maybe is is a good candidate for you to climb. Um, what makes the what makes a tree? And you've kind of alluded to this a little bit, uh, but what makes a tree a, a great tree to climb when you're out walking through the park or the forest? But, what are you yeah, looking for? I'm looking for trees where there are branches which are sort of relatively evenly spaced between them. They could be, say, 
four branches on the left, three branches on the right at different angles. So when I'm climbing, I'm always within reach of another branch that I can grab hold of, that my that my foot can go on, my knee can go on, and my hand can go on. I, I don't like trees where there is too much of a gap on one particular side of the Obviously, sometimes I have to go round. I might be 40 feet up and I have to move myself round. But I do it in such a way. I, I try to avoid any trees where there's a big drop between branches. Uh, so, so it's like walking around. It's like the uh, Leaning Tower of Pisa. You, so you're walking around a circle. So you have to find a tree where there are branches going uh, sort of diagonally up and down, so you can get it. So it makes me feel safer. The other, and any trees, if they have rough uh, bark and if they have a lot of protrusions, the other thing from a safety angle is um, I don't like bushes. Uh, I won't go on if it could be a great tree to climb, but it's right near a brick wall or it's near a fence. I won't do it just in case. The worst happens and I fall. I don't want anything underneath me that can get in my way. You know, a, a hedge, a small tree uh, below me could could cause me damage. You know, the case where parachuters have jumped and they've gone through trees and some have broken legs and stuff like that, and that's what can happen. You know, so those I t- those those thick branches, and you've got to be very very well or super heavy. Um, Heavy, thick, and yes, and I uh, sometimes I thump myself on the head. You know, nothing serious, but sometimes I'm not quite aware. There's a branch just above me, and my head just goes up a few inches, and I feel it. So it just makes me aware. And you, uh, you mentioned in one of your posts. Uh, I think that you have a favorite tree. What? Talk a little bit about that. What? What makes that, that particular that, tree your favorite tree? Because it has this branch about nine feet. There's two branches. One was. Uh, but the trouble is, this is where I grab hold of my left hand, my left arm, and my left arm is the problem arm. I, I posted something a couple of days ago, um, which is literally about one, two, three, four, five, six, about eight photographs on my Instagram account, and you actually it's a video of me halfway up a tree, and that's like my my favorite tree, and you got about three below it. Um, where where I'm actually using the resistance band, and you can actually see there's some branches on the on the lower part of the trunk. Just yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it now. Yeah. So that so that that's how I started on this tree. There were some lower branches that I was able to squeeze through, and um, and then I, I realised I could refocus on my upper body and build upper body arm strength, just going on different angles. And that's yeah, I'm looking at a picture of you now. You've got your feet up on the branch. Looks to be seven, eight feet maybe, um, and you're doing um, push-ups against that. Yes, right. Well, that's, um, that's another. That's a secondary tree, but but mm-hmm. those those are the two trees I work out from, and I find and and again, and the you know can hang from that branch. It's a thick branch. It will take my weight, and um, it, it's resilient, which is very very important. 
Obviously, you like to spend a lot of time outdoors. I, I see you doing some yoga out there, obviously the, the tree climbing. Um, and you mentioned in one of your posts the term forest bathing, which I, I think most of our listeners have, are probably familiar with that. But for, for those that might not be familiar with that term, um, tell us a little bit about forest bathing, what it means to you and, and how it's impactful in your life. I think for most people, forest bathing is about taking a, a walk in the woods or forest. Lots of people do it with a dog. For me, it's meditation. I get up on a tree. I'm high up. Even though people are around, they're not around because they're all below me. And I just find a position and I spend 15, 20 minutes just relaxing, doing nothing, just looking at the surrounding trees. That, to me, is, is my idea of forest bathing. And what are some of the benefits of forest bathing for you personally? It just takes me away from all the sort of everyday stuff, the stuff I don't really want to know about. Uh, There's certainly might, plenty of that. It, it, the mundane things currently. in life, you know, things that might, might not be working or things that I wish were going better, et cetera. I was thinking there's a woman you might want to try. Her name is Nemo and me. Um, hold on a second. Um, uh, but she, she um, caught... Um, hold on if I can find her. Um, I can't find her at the moment. I'll have to try and send her... Yeah, send me along her contact info when you, well, she, when you find she's it. She's over 50, and she's also a personal trainer. She does, She asked me if I do, um, did um, meditation. But she works with people with uh, who've got problems and stuff like that. Um, another guy that you should uh, look up, and it's over him. He goes over to America. He, he restarted off uh, parkour. His name is Dan Edwards, E-D-W-A-R-D-E-S. Um, and his, um, he goes under his own name. But it's Dan underscore E-D-W-A-R-D-E-S. And he started off the parkour, uh, all, uh, and it goes all over the world. And I actually attended one of his workshops, which was a great workshop, especially with the type of fitness that I do. And that he actually he didn't actually um, take it. It was one of the manager of the um, gym that I go go to. It's called Parkour Generations. And again, Parkour Generations again has become a brand name. And there are lots of parkour generation. I'm not sure about America, but possibly. And it was all about cheating death. And it was about the exercises you can do for yourself, the stretching you can do for yourself that will help you uh, avoid serious injury. But if you do injure yourself, how to recover quickly. And it was a wonderful workshop, uh, you know, and it, it taught it taught me lots of things. So, so this whole idea of moving the body is, you know, it's like going doing a squat. But when you're going into a squat position, imagine your um, your feet are inverted, so your your big toe actually is touching the other big toe. You tr- and and that and you you try and go down in squats. It's all about getting your ankles and other parts of the body used to moves it's not used to and the more you can do it the more you can practice it regularly the less likely that you'll have injuries and if you do 
there'd be more elasticity in your joints. And, and, and it was wonderful to see. Yeah, that sounds like a, a great workshop. I'll see if I can um, look that up and I can drop a link to that in the show notes as well. So I'm, I'll send you a couple of um, um, names. Um, I've got this. It's called Mino and Me, uh, M-E-N-O and M-E. But um, she basically, um, yeah, she's an interesting guy. She she caught on to me. <laughs> it's like you caught on to me. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'd eventually like to do something. I was even thinking about uh, I'm going to eventually have a proper blog uh, sort of, website just talking about all my fitness particularly my tree climbing and really get it out on youtube but i've got um, other projects that i'm working on it's really having the time to do everything i'll ask you a last question here so what would you say to somebody who's who's listened to this podcast they've they've found it interesting they've gone out they've looked at your instagram maybe they're maybe they're a little older and um are not as far along as you are on their fitness journey, what would you say to somebody who wanted to get started and really liked what you're doing, like the idea of being outdoors, kind of non-conventional, um, maybe they're interested in, in parkour or tree climbing. How, what would you say to somebody just getting started in, in that space? I basically, and as stupid as it might sound, go and start talking to trees, go and actually just touching branches trunks getting a feel of those trees and then finding some way you can do some stretching just just very just very gentle stuff then after a while you get the feel and you get the feel of the forest and the trees around you and you and you think well maybe i'd like to try that Uh, and just but just don't go too high just just be aware safety first safety is most important um but it's like my other half, she will sometimes film me and she's aware I've got to do what I've got to do. And she's also super aware that the last thing I want to do is to seriously injure myself. And I'm extremely conscious of my safety. I'm not going to be like one of his 20 year olds who would come along to the tree and he'd be up there in a fraction of the time that I take because he's got, you know, flexibility and agility and he can swing on these bars no problem at all that's not you know i can't think like that i've got to do it the safe way you know i'm not going to get the ten thousand followers or ten thousand hits it's not going to happen but but those who do follow me they're interested in what i i do you know, it's like when I go to a, a gyms and young guys come up to me and they say, you know, I hope I can be as fit as you when I get to your age and that stuff. And that's what's important. And I think this is somehow I just, you know, there was this guy, he was in his, um, I don't know, early 20s and he was walking up a hill in the local park and he had a big backpack on, but he was so bent far forward. And I said to him, do yourself a great favor. Try and keep, stand up straight you're not doing yourself any favors you think he'd listen to me i'm a stranger he thought you know there's no way he's going to listen to me and he has to learn the hard way unfortunately and the hard way takes years yeah yeah that's right well you certainly are an inspiration um i love your story and I know I won't look at trees the same way um, now that we've had this discussion. I, I'm Here in coastal North Carolina, we have a lot of pine trees, which certainly aren't ideal for no. climbing. But we also have some live oaks and some, 
and some magnolias, which would be good candidates. And and I can magnolias, promise you, I'll be keeping magnolias them. are wonderful. They I would, I would think so. And I do climb one or two. There's, I have found one magnolia because normally the branches are close together, and you can find you can hang and stretch and stuff like that. Well, I'll be on the lookout for a good tree to climb, and uh, when I find it, I'll have to make sure I, um, I post <laughs> it and I'll and I'll tag you so so Marvelous. you can see Brilliant. it. Brilliant, Kevin. Yeah, thanks very much. Uh, well, hey, hey, one last thing, Lawrence. Um, before we go, where can people get in touch with you? What's the best way? I, I'm guessing it's your Instagram. Instagram, I've got without labels at me.com, which they're quite welcome to email me on. Uh, as soon as I get, um, I'm going to be working on the next couple of weeks. Um, I, I mean, I've got YouTube. I'll, I'll send you some links. Um, Great. I'll pop them in the uh, the show notes. Great. Brilliant. Thank you, Kevin. Well, thank, good luck. Thank you. Yes. Thanks so much. And good luck to you. Take care. Bye now. No, bye-bye. Well, that's our show for today, folks. If you enjoyed today's episode, please tell your friends and please consider subscribing and giving us a five-star review. All the show notes and much more are available at our website at silver-edge.com. That's silver-edge.com. So until next time, stay strong.